Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is now funded by Patreon. Join to access our blog and unlock special bonuses like essays, reviews, show notes, and other exclusive material. It's brand new and you can be a part of shaping the material we produce. If we reach $50 a month, we'll be able to start buying vintage Scooby-Doo novels to review, in addition to our regular episodes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Spencer Graham, Matthew Bang, Ashley Martinez, Gabriel Pesek, Sean Mokels, Toge, and Blake Sawyer for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Dance of the Undead. I have been skanking this whole time. I don't know what you mean by this start nonsense, but when I feel the rhythms of ska, I just start to skank. I'm, I, I, I assume that the listeners know that I am quite the aficionado of ska and all of its movements, such as uh, this. And this is a movement, I believe. None of the movements he's doing are presented anywhere in this episode as the traditional way to dance to ska music. No. I'm going to be honest, Amelia, I do not know a lot about ska. I always kind of thought it was short for something. Like, doesn't that seem like it's just half of a word? Words are allowed to only be three letters long, Billy. Yeah, but ska just doesn't feel complete. You know, I, there are many good three-letter... Well, I'm not saying it's a bad three-letter word, but I'm saying there are... There are three-letter words that you look at, and you say, yeah, I get that. That's a full word. Bed is one. Toy. <laughs> These are respectable words. Is it? I think it's the fact that there's a vowel at the end. And <laughs> no matter what our listeners thought that I was going to have an issue with about ska, I can bet you none of them thought it would be the spelling. And yet, here we are, nary two minutes into this episode, <laughs> and I'm already getting into linguistics. English is a garbage language, and I really don't think you should waste time being upset at the word ska when the word yacht exists and is spelled the way that it is. That's a whole other kettle of fish, but that's rich person's nonsense. Ska is characterized by a walking bass line accented with rhythms on the offbeat. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for defining what ska is. I myself, when I hear the word ska, I think of that meme. Punks can have a little ska as a treat. I appreciate that. <laughs> Something has been tossed to me as a treat. <laughs> I mean, it is fun. I know there is that YouTube channel that they just do ska covers of whatever. And th those usually end up being pretty fun. 
Ska is fun. It is. It is. It's fun. It's fun. Ska is fun. That's its defining feature. I like. I feel like you can't take ska too seriously, and if you do, you will spend thirty years faking your own death. Isn't that really the moral here? That's just. It's just ska. Have fun with it. What do we even see here at first glance before anything gets started? Some dumb bitch being really disrespectful in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, we get sort of like an MTV type show, like, hey, I'm your VJ here in a cemetery where your faves are buried. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, and here's where they died. I'm standing on their graves. But like, their bodies were never recovered, so why do they have graves? You, you Well, you have graves... The, a grave isn't just a place to put a body anymore. A grave is a place to remember a person. Okay, well, if I if my body ever goes missing and is never recovered, don't just bury a casket full of rocks with my photo on top of it. That's a waste of land and rocks. I get that. Put, like, my name on a park bench or something. I'll do that. I don't think we've ever discussed what you want me to do when you die. I, it's shocking to me that you think you're going to last longer. So, so park, park bench, though, is that, that a thing? There's actually, uh, uh, like, planter things where you can put your cremated ashes and, like, you can help fertilize trees. That is very nice. I like but I would that. also take a park bench. Yeah. I could do it in addition. Like, they don't, if they're like, hey, I'd like to dedicate this park bench to the person. They're not like, all right, but we'll need the body. (laughs) (laughs) Make this city a hell of a lot more interesting if they did. That's right, I'm in charge of public works, but I also need a couple corpses. (laughs) I'm trying to make a man. It's my hubris, you see. That makes me think I'm above God. This is your Victor Frankenstein (laughs) impression? He was just a shit. I'm in a whimsical mood tonight. Clearly. It must have been all the ska. Here's a premise for this episode, Amelia. A ska group named Rude Boy and the Ska-tastics come back from the dead and turn people into zombies and make them dance forever. One of the people dancing forever is Mama Cass. Is she? <laughs> yeah, didn't Mama you see? Mama Cass loves Ska now. That's fun. Talk about fun. I'm saying the word fun all too much. <laughs> I was going to criticize here that it doesn't really make them dance forever. It makes them dance until they drop. And that's a limited amount of time. Aphrodite was a much more threatening do something until you die monster. Mm-hmm. Because fucking to death is a lot grosser. Yeah, we never saw anyone really collapse there, though. Here we see people falling down on the street from lack of energy, lack of nutrition during the dance. A doctor or someone was just like, and they'll be like this forever. Well, no, they'll be like that for like three days tops, and then they're going to dehydrate to death. Unless, unless you have like a little ska garden where you put people. And you get people to tend to them, like putting little, uh, like little saltines in their mouths, and with a little bit of water every every morning. You go out and you water the ska garden. Maybe something more nutritious than saltines. I understand that that's an issue with my plan. No, they end up dancing because they're like hypnotized. Yes. Couldn't you just knock them out, put them in like REM sleep, reset the brain? 
Bam. Well, hell. fine. You know what? That's going to take us into our main characters here. I'm going to get right into the Fred factor because he he gives one of those dancers a shovel to the head. No, he gives one of the band zombies mm. a shovel to the general face area. He That zombie was on a moped. Right. Coming at Fred at least four kilometers an hour because mopeds don't go very fast. Yes. A shovel at four kilometers an hour? And here's the, okay, here's my I'm making issue. it sound less impressive. He, like, sends that man hurtling yeah, backwards. Yeah, it is a badass moment with a shovel. Fred has killed another person. But especially with those scooters and stuff, it's very clear that the creators wanted to, to do a Ska episode, but ended up doing it about mods. Like, that, that is just something the Who would drive in the war between mods and rockers. I even think they give mods a shout-out near the end. But it's just, it's just strange. They Why not stick with a straight ska aesthetic? They say they're going to dress as mods. I think ska does dress as mods, though. They wear, like, suits and fedoras slash trilobies. Look up ska bands. Ska, I, well, I've, I've, I have no need to look up ska bands. I know what they look like. But ska, ska moped, I'll look up. Why? Because I'll be immediately proven wrong. Just says there was a YouTube video called Ska and Scooters. Because it like originated in Jamaica and stuff. And that's right. how you get around tropical but places. I'm just going to say, the uh, well, at least one of the scooters that this ska band is driving here is like straight out of Quadrophenia. No one knows what that is, Billy. If you No one knows what that is. Everyone knows Quadrophenia. Bellboy. Bellboy. <laughs> Clearly the most memorable song off of that album. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to try and get straight and focused. Fred says when he hits that man with a shovel, you just got IT'd. Improvised <laughs> trapped. No, you murdered him. There is a difference between a trap and a weapon. A, a trap and a straight out attack. Yeah. That's assault. At this point, I feel like Fred should be charged with assault. Is he in a self-defense state? Mm -mm. That's his defense. That is definitely his defense. But I think it would still go to trial. Uh, very fun from Fred. Uh, a quote I had to, like, pause in order to write down when, when talking about Ska. I can't resist their catchy use of Caribbean mento and calypso with American jazz and rhythm and blues. He knows a lot about he knows, ska. He understands musical genre. And that's like right before we then see Dead-Eyed Zombie Fred. How do you feel about the, the gang getting zombified here? We saw them get zombified with Aphrodite. They mm -hmm. just didn't go dead-eyed. They went like bags under the eyes. I feel like Velma, Fred, and Daphne get zombified or possessed or turned quite frequently. One day, I would like to see Shaggy and Scooby under the influence. And not just under the influence of hypnotism that actually makes them more heroic. What about the episode where Shaggy gets turned into a sand drip monster? Sand drip monster? The Australia with Smash Mouth, he's like digging underground, he's hypnotized to dig, and then it's broken via his automatically dispensing Scooby Snack backpack. 
I, I don't a hundred that it's ringing bells with the but coral I fe- monster. But I feel like that was another case of he almost got hypnotized, but then he breaks through it. He always seems to break through it. Whereas, like these with these three, it's always up to Scooby and Shaggy to save them. Well, for some reason, the show titled Scooby Doo, you need the fucking dog to solve all your problems. That's why I'm still calling for the spinoff, Fred. Uh, my last note for Fred. He pats himself on the back for doing some incredibly expert one-handed driving when Shaggy decides that behind the wheel he's going to cover his eyes in fright. Which Fred himself has done. Yes. Mystery mass mix-up. I'm pretty sure his hands went up to cover his face as he was driving over rooftops. Say, he's he's patting himself on the back a lot, though. Because at the wrap-up, after the explanation is given, Fred chimes in with, Ah, just as I thought, but didn't say. Kind of hard to prove that, Fred, unless you wrote it down ahead of time. He's just very confident today. Yeah. It's the ska. (laughs) The ska is changing people. I don't know. I'm going to flip-flop here whether I'm pro or (laughs) anti-ska. All I know is it's powerful stuff. If you want to go to the Daphne Dilemma... I only have one note here. I also only have one note. Is it that she took a dance class? Yes, and that now she knows how to skank to ska music. She's a regular skanking machine. I don't actually. I, I take that back because that makes her sound a little trashy. She's I not thought a that skank. That was your point. No, I didn't. It was I, a joke. I didn't know. I would never joke about that. I think Daphne <laughs> is a lady and <laughs> deserves better than that sort of treatment. But yeah, she took dance lessons. Hard to get a lot of notes out of her when she's hypnotized for most of the episode. The Velma Vision, then. Um, I'm ashamed of her this episode because mm-hmm. they find a man who's gagged and she starts asking him questions without removing the gag. That's just not practical. Like, you idiot. Like, for, you know, skipping over the complete lack of empathy that takes. It's just not practical for your questions. It seems like the joke should have been Fred is questioning him, not getting any straight oh, answers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaks Ve- out that he's not getting any straight answers. Like Velma- shaking him, sh- pushing him up against a gravestone, being like, talk to me. And Velma being like, well, maybe ungag him, Freddy. Yeah. Fred, you still have the gag on him. Deadpan. You're right, that would have been a classic Velma joke. But Velma, the end of this episode. She has a moment where one of the Hex girls is, is pointing out musical notation on the planispheric disc. Yeah. And she draws some lines and the little music time signature thingy. I'm sorry, Andy. I know that has a name. Anyway, they're marking that down. And then Velma goes, those marks, they weren't there before. That means the planispheric disc has changed. And, like, you're meant to believe it's the musical notes, think, but we interpret it. it just means, like, what? Like, no, the heck, she just did that with a, with a pencil. Even if you can't read music, you recognize musical notes. They were very clearly musical notes. Like, you get a lot of kids' media that has the iconic musical notes. Mm-hmm. With the, like, the, the circle and the twig it's that goes up. one of the first up. things you teach children. <laughs> music time. Kids love songs. So humans love songs. It's not just the kids. 
Some adults like Ska. Much too rich for children, though. Keep them away. <laughs> Skipper Sheldon, uh, they end up at the Clam Shack. And Skipper, is, Skipper is, wait, Sheldon... Wait, 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 sorry. Are, is he one of our my major mentions now? Are we, are, we, is, are we doing Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Skipper Sheldon? No. I'm all for that. <laughs> this is a note pertaining to Velma. Okay. That just needs to be introduced with the Skipper. Sure. She goes, Velma, goes up to Skipper Sheldon, and he, like, calls her, like, lad or something. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so obviously a girl. Skipper Sheldon was a little bit high today, I think. He, he's acting weird. Because they drive up to him, and he's just sort of standing, like, one foot up, like a Captain Morgan stance. Just out towards the sea, posing. Doesn't notice the kids until they're beside him. Yeah. Talking loudly. He's, oh, and he's, he's wearing a conquistador helmet that was given to him by handsome Jimmy. But then, you know, that... Uh, Velma's like, hey, is this, it, does it maybe say S. Lave on it? And he's like, ah, yes, it must mean Susan Lave. Here you go, Susan, you're a good lad. And that's the Skipper shenanigans. <laughs> uh, we already have two that go by shenanigans. You'll find that their names are Shaggy and Scooby. Oh, uh, fine, we'll talk about Shaggy and Scooby. Scooby's asking the important questions today. Doesn't anybody stay dead around here? He's getting real sick of these zombies and ghosts and all their manner of hoo-hahs that are coming at him. My, my first note here is actually just that Shaggy and Scooby were watching MTV and got scared of Ska. <laughs> they got scared of Ska zombies. Yeah. Uh, where is Scooby getting all his money? He has filled Nova's hospital room with flowers, balloons... Baskets full of Scooby snacks. It feels like the dog is stealing credit cards. That's where you go? Or, I don't know, I mean, because Nova is in the hospital, and very sweetly, Scooby is visiting Nova five times a day. Fucking desperate, man. That's, I mean, Jesus. he's leaving to go to the bathroom and solve mysteries, and that's it. Uh, he's, he's being very, very doting. But yeah, in terms of money, like, do you think maybe... Nova's there on Brad and Judy's dime still? Like, she's still registered as their dog? Wouldn't that then, like, open it up for them to come collect her or reclaim ownership of her? you think that's one of, the, one of the first things they do. Nova goes into the hospital, the human hospital, like any dog would, and they would scan her ID chip, and they would call Brad and Judy and being like, your dog's at the hospital. You she, think that... She's in a coma. She was in a helicopter crash. You think that you're allowed to put dogs on your HMO plan? In the world of Mystery Incorporated, anything is possible. Brad and Judy were the ones to shoot down that helicopter with the bazooka. And they don't feel anything for Nova. They directly sent their own dog into a coma. That's how I know they're sociopaths. It's her fault for being a regular dog in a situation where I, you can't be a regular dog. I'm, I'm just saying. If, she got Mufasa. She didn't get in a crash. If Egon, who is loudly chewing his toenails right near the microphone right now, was in a helicopter and I shot that helicopter with a bazooka and he inadvertently <laughs> fell out, I would still feel some responsibility. <laughs> 
none of this is ever going to happen. It's, it's very good. He won't even go into the apartment building hallway. What makes you think you're going to get him into a helicopter? It, it won't. This is a very unrealistic series. That won't happen. Ska isn't real. Shaggy goes on the record to say he's not opposed to going to spooky places per se. He would just like to maybe go to them during the day. Yeah. He's start. He's he, you're he's ultimatum <laughs> of the group. Look, can we just maybe take a night <laughs> before we go? Uh, good explanation from Scooby Doo on why he's not affected by the ska. He says, "I'm a dog. Music is just noise to me," which I don't think is true. I think you they... don't think dogs. Jo- I thought that was like a nice little science moment. Like, oh, dogs don't enjoy music. Maybe you can't prove it for sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure they've, like, made music for cats. They yeah. must have made music for dogs. Shaggy and Scooby are faced with this ska-based ghoul group. So who do they call? Well, first, they're, uh... Everyone else is hypnotized. Scooby isn't because music is just noise. Shaggy says that he's oh, yes. tone deaf. So Which I don't completely buy. That, like, you're tone deaf, but you can't enjoy music still? Like, that's... I'm sure I've seen Shaggy enjoy... I'm sure, I'm sure I've seen them both enjoy music, so maybe that is all a crock of shit that they he's all, a dog. They, he went to the Hex Girls concert. Yeah. They've been to many concerts. Out. Like, before... Yo, fuck it. Scooby-Doo has relatives who are musicians. I'm a Ruby-Doo guy, a really Ruby-Doo guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one that fucks human women. Yeah. The cousin. The do who fucks. Specify human women. The do who fucks human women. I had forgotten about him. Yeah. I hate you for reminding me of him. (laughs) You're welcome. They are told by the owner of a record shop that to defeat the mellow laid-back styles of Sky, you need the ultimate power chord. So they call the Hex Girls. Only way to defeat a ghoul group is with a girl group. Yes. They find out that they're playing on a Sheik's yacht that I guess is just coincidentally docked in Crystal Cove's harbor. You see, I didn't hear that it was a Sheik's yacht at the beginning. So I had no idea why they were wearing harem girl costumes to the concert. Yeah, disguised as, like, belly dancers. I thought that they were just like, look, when we go places, we wear disguises. This is what we do. Which might have been a better joke. Yeah, kind of (laughs) was. Although, I don't know, there's, there is, there's a realism to it that the hex girls are playing for a very rich chic and he's very rich so they wear the original costumes that some people happen to like more mm-hmm. so there's a realism to them selling out for money for sure yeah yeah and i you know what i don't begrudge you for it sometimes you just do things they only have the two fucking songs they have to yeah. do something and the one we hear today is just awful you don't like you, they. There are like three different songs from the Hex Girls in this episode. The one that we open on, the Voodoo one. Who do Voodoo? Who do Voodoo? We do. We do. I hate it. It's so low Who energy. Keeps the Martians off the maps. something da da da. We do. We do. Yes, the Simpsons exist. Thank you. I know. Sorry. I know that's cut anyways because I couldn't even remember the fucking words. They. They don't seem like they know what a power chord is. 
with this stupid voodoo song. So low energy. They're just standing on the stage, strumming their instruments, it's, totally emotionless. This feels like an album track. Doesn't feel like a single. It's just something to get you through that mid part of the album. It's 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 a chugger. You know, the way it's like just chugs along like that. Sometimes that's fine. Sometimes that's all you need. But you're not gonna go to number one with it, are you? Anyways, they agree to go to Crystal Cove's main street where everyone is skanking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh They agree to defeat Ska with the power of rock. Girl rock. Every, like, it's not everyone in town. Aphrodite got to everyone. The Scottastics got to, like, the 12 people that were downtown at the time they, they started playing. You know what? In Crystal Cove's defense, they have gotten better at quarantining and isolating affected areas. They put that main street on lockdown. I don't know who did, because the mayor and Bronsonstone both uh, get hypnotized into skanking. Honestly, that's probably what did it. That, you know, the mayor's knocked out and now city council actually gets to convene and make a few decisions. And uh, last note for Shaggy and Scooby, despite both claiming to be tone deaf, they're the ones that save the day with some wicked guitar yeah! solos. Oh my like, God. you can just pick up a guitar and suddenly like, oh, look at me shred it. I am regretting more and more giving praise to that line that Scooby thinks music is just noise. Because you're right. He does a shredding solo. He nails it. And then afterwards... You know, to go back to talking about the Who, they both go full Pete Townsend on those guitars. Is Pete Townsend known for smashing guitars? He is, li- he is like the one who's known for smashing guitars. Before him, people lovingly put those guitars back in their cases. <laughs> he He helped that industry. More guitars are sold every day because they get smashed on stage. Uh, I think it's it means more when, like, a struggling punk band smashes their instrument at the end of a concert and yes. not Pete Townsend. It made more sense. Like, when they were more younger, when they were a little punkier, now if Pete Townsend smashes it, hey, they were pr- proto-punk at times. Bell boy! <laughs> bell boy! Anyone who's listening who's like a big fan of The Who is getting a kick out of that joke. Sure. I'm certainly not. Um, yeah. Oh, I should note the green smoke demon with Scooby's face. When they're shredding their solos, they, the, the essence of rock that then goes and attacks the ska band is shaped like, you know, a Scooby-faced hellhound. It's just Scott Pilgrim. It's 100% just scott pilgrim when he goes up against x's five and six <laughs> this this was like two years after scott pilgrim yeah this episode is a hundred percent to build up to a scott pilgrim band battle it's a fucking good way to do a band battle though so i can't begrudge him absolutely no major minor mentions this episode like it sh- i feel like maybe bronson stone and the mayor are mentioned or appear but no one's really used in an important way. And minor, minor mentions. Uh, we open on Chrissy Kirsty, who is the VJ. Uh, she's in a graveyard. Well, I, I wrote down what channel she was working for. Mm-hmm. It was HB News. 
funny. Yeah, that's a nice little nod there. HB, Hanna-Barbera, I see what you're doing. News? News, She's though. an anchor? She's an in-the-field anchor. Maybe in this universe, HB is their MTV channel, and it stands for Harmonic Baritone. Started out with a lot of Gregorian chants. And yeah, now, and that's now, a channel for all the teens. And now they've moved on to Ska. <laughs> Uh, the next person we see is Ian Hope, who is the ex-manager of Rude Boy and the Ska-tastics. He, he was there the night that Ska died. And he, he remembers them, and then later, he turns up, tied up, in the grave of Rude Boy himself. I feel like black people might argue that Ska's not dead, but... No. You know... <laughs> Obviously, we should listen to the old white man that tells us that Ska died when his white band died. I think they were also probably, like, riffing on, like, the death of Buddy Holly in that. Because I think they call that, like, the day that music died when Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and others died. I couldn't name any songs from any of them, so obviously music kept going. (laughs) That we didn't just stall at Buddy Holly. We, We stopped. We're like, man, he wore them glasses. No one else could ever do that. But then one day, Elvis Costello came on the scene, and we're like, okay, we can start up music again. I would say Weezer hit the scene. I'm pretty sure every person in Weezer wears glasses. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not as cool as you, so I went with Elvis Costello. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we meet Martha Quinn. She is the owner of Grooves from the Grave Record Shop. She's awesome. She is way too upbeat. Way too into upselling. Has a slideshow for all of music for the past 60 years. Which goes to show me that as a record store owner, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. (laughs) Physical media is a dying media. You know, before you file for bankruptcy. (laughs) It's kind of sad. I mean, this was 2012. What was the state of physical media in 2012? Records came back for like eight months. Everyone was super crazy about records for a short amount of time again. Yeah. And then we discovered what streaming was. Right, that, (laughs) yeah. People popped off with Spotify and... Like, we started rebelling again against iTunes because we're like, you know what? Physical medium's better. Let's own our shit. And then we're like, wait, let's not own it at all and pay less, but more over time. Yeah. (laughs) Strange. Uh, We get to see that Tiki Bar singer again. The words get stuck in my throat. The words get stuck in my throat. She needs to go to a throat doctor in general, if that's what her voice sounds like. She's got that warm sound of vinyl in her throat. Maybe that's like, she's like a Bond villain and her throat is actually replaced with vinyl. Got some sort of trachea cancer happening. Uh, Next up. Rude Boy and the Scottastics, we learn about them briefly as humans yes, so, in the slideshow. And we do treat those separately, them villains. They were one-hit wonders. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. They turned to voodoo to not be one-hit wonders, and apparently got into some really dark shit, like blood-cursing a synthesizer. <laughs> so they're like, okay, so they're, they're, <laughs> they died like Buddy Holly. But they lived like Kiss. 
Because that's kiss shit. We put blood in the record. We wear makeup. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about kiss later. So <laughs> they've already appeared once. Uh, then there's, of course, Nova. Still just a regular fucking dog. And after being fridged last episode, she is now taking up a human bed in a human hospital. And that stings extra hard nowadays during COVID. <laughs> and, well, you'll be happy to know that we get to see the dog flatline. Yeah. It ends on the cliffhanger that her heart monitor stops. Nova dies, and then she sits up and says, Nibiru is coming. But she's not a talking dog. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of weird shit there. Watch out. I'm sure that the next episode doesn't open with a dog's casket being lowered into the ground. I feel like I would remember that, so I think she's probably still in a coma. Well, yeah, I don't... Have we seen... Or wait, does she wake up as, like, possessed? I seem to remember... I think that's it. I feel some like... Some exposition yeah. about Nibiru coming. I feel like from this point forward, Nova is dead, and she is possessed by some sort of force, if I recall. It's amazing. That I think I would remember a dog casket being lowered into the ground, but I do not remember a dead dog possessed by a Sumerian god. Well, the the brain is a funny thing. <laughs> and then last, the Hex Girls. Oh, last but not least. A little least. They're very low energy in that voodoo song. It kind of puts me off. <laughs> I also don't like their original costumes. They're so badly designed. It, it definitely feels like they're wearing some like crushed velour. <laughs> like it's so bad. Yeah, I I think people probably just like rode into Mystery Incorporated being like, "How come you changed the Hex Girls? I really liked their original costumes. These costumes suck." And so they're like, "Oh my god, we can we cannot be responsible for ruining the Hex Girls. Bring them back. I don't care how you, just they're saving the world from ska. Bring them back in their original costumes." People change clothing. And their look outside of the original costumes is just better. I mean, I I still like their personalities here, though. That one who is, like, so excited for, like, band battle! Band battle! That's the drummer. She wants, uh, she wants to put on their war paint. Yeah. And Shaggy's just like, whatever that means, sure. And you know what? They were... And it turns out their war paint is steampunk clothing with sugar skull makeup. Yeah, they go they go a little deep into that. Um, but you know, uh, bigger than hoodoo voodoo is you know we're the good bad girls. That song's very high energy. That song's a bop, yes. Yeah, because you know voodoo hoodoo voodoo is the like the single that I would switch radio stations for. Yeah. But you hear we're the good bad girls, you're like, crank that shit up. I feel like Billy Talent does this. They pick the worst fucking songs on their albums and make those singles. Like, I I heard Fallen Leaves off their second album so many fucking times when I was in high school, I would just leave the room when it started mm. up anywhere. It was like you chose the worst goddamn songs. <laughs> How do they manage to do it? For every album. <laughs> And yet, seem to still be putting them out there. So maybe they're doing something right. I don't know. Um, this, the Hex Girls have one other song they sing in this episode. And that's when they read off the planospheric disc. You can call that a song. It's a tune. 
and it's the tune that we have heard Mr. E repeating a number of times. Did he get that from the planispheric disc? Where did he get that music inside of him? Uh, The general supernatural corruption of this town? Yeah, it's interesting. I like how they used a recurring musical motif as something in narrative. Really interesting to me. Maybe that was the original piece that they had. And he noticed that music notes were on it. Right, and he was just like, wait a minute, let me get out my guitar. Oh, sorry, that's my regular guitar. Where's my (laughs) guitar? (laughs) That was my guitar, not my guitar. Which brings us to the villain of this episode. Rude Boy and the Scottastics, or should I say, the zombies of Rude Boy and the Scottastics. Yes, seen in the cold open emerging from the graves that they were never buried in. Wow. Why would they emerge from the- I understand having a grave without a body, but for the body to then rise from that particular grave is very wrong. Are they from Crystal Cove? Why did they decide to start their ska rampage here? Easy taken. Um, yeah, they're back from the grave to bring ska to life. They were originally known for their one album, Graveyard Ska, Inc. And the one song off there. Which is also a bot. You're dead right, mate. That's not the song they're known for. That's Isn't their it? that's their new song. Oh, that's their new that's song. That's the song they took 30 years writing and is kind of worth it. It's a bop. I like it's it. It's a good st- I if feel they like come back and they did not cause crime. They could have been successful. I don't think it's presented in the way that it's like and here's our new song. I always took it as like We had to disappear for 30 years to write the perfect song, and we still couldn't fucking do it. So here's just our one hit. Mm, I mean, that's a possibility, too. That's not how I took it, but it's a possibility. Like, guys, just hire a songwriter. They, um, I don't know what to say. They look like a ska band of zombies. Like, if a Crypt Keeper put on a suit and a little pork pie hat and put on some sunglasses and grabbed a saxophone... And then put on the creepiest-ass smile that you could imagine. That's what makes these guys creepy, is the smiles. Because they love doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So are you against Scar, are you for? (laughs) Anybody who enjoys their job. Terrifying. Um, yeah, anyway, so they have, uh... They turned to voodoo magic, casting love spells on the audience, cursing other bands, causing unending pain to their synthesizers. And now they've risen Not from the grave. Not their synthesizers. Just synthesizers in general. Oh. They, they wouldn't have those anywhere near them, Billy. They, they are a ska band. So they're, ca- they're causing a dancing plague. Uh, we know there previously was a dancing plague in 1518 in Strasbourg, France. But I think that that is unrelated. And they kind of actually defeat the Hex Girls. Uh... Yes, if Shaggy and Scooby didn't get in there to rip it. They're a good band. <laughs> I I have nothing against... I liked... I just like because, Rude Boy and the Scottastics. Well, just because you're a white girl that puts on some sugar skull makeup doesn't mean that you're the best band in the world. No offense to the black girl in the band. 
you probably should have talked Whitey out of putting on the sugar skull makeup. That's all I'm saying. Um, Master Criminal Plan, after faking their own deaths and disappearing to write the perfect song, they thought it would take them one year. Instead, it took them 30 years. By the time we cracked it, Ska wasn't popular anymore. So they decided... It's such bullshit. Cause havoc. You got a good song. You do. You it... got a good song. If a good ska song came out right now, I'd listen to it. You know what? It's not. It's not popular. You don't understand the way that music distribution has changed. You're not gonna get that big selling album like you used to. Yeah. You're gonna. You know. You. You gotta go to a niche market. You get that. You get those niche fans. Start a Patreon in a couple of years. That's the way to do it. So yeah, I'm gonna say this is an unfe this is an unfeasible plan, Amelia. No way they can they, no way you can continue having a successful music career enslaving your audience. However, at this point, it doesn't even feel like they want the music career. They like you said, they just want some havoc. That's feasible. They did cause havoc. You can just go out and cause some. It's a big publicity havoc. stunt. Yeah, maybe man. that's what they wanted, and then they go to jail. That's not gonna hurt your career in music. <laughs> How many musicians have been in jail? Johnny Cash. Was he actually in jail or did he just He might have just been jail? visiting. I'm pretty sure he was in jail for a while, though. Nickelback. Surely they've been arrested for their crimes. <laughs> I've seen mugshots of Sinatra and Bowie. They didn't really go to jail, though. They were arrested, but they weren't jailed. There's a difference. It is. You're right. It feels like it's not really going to have an impact. <laughs> well, really, if you're a talented artist of some way, jail shouldn't affect you. Just b turn that into your brand. I've been in jail, bitch. Listen to Ska. Sure. Put an edge on Ska. Uh, Terrascale? It's tough. I'm really into the look of Rude Boy and the Ska-tastics. Just like as a band, though. I don't think I'm necessarily scared of them. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is a look. Do this. You could be bigger than the gorillas. Another band with stylized looks. So let's say I like their creepy smiles though. So I will give them a six. Um I gave them a three. Okay. For two reasons. One, the mopeds really take away any fright they mm, have. True. You enough. put any kind of monster on a moped and suddenly you're just like, I can take them. <laughs> I could take I could take a moped rider. Yeah. Secondly, uh, as a punk, I'm naturally immune to the nefarious side effects of Ska, right. so it wouldn't affect me. I don't know. Ska is that, it's that weird fusion. No one really knows what, what line it draws. It's the... You're not a punk. You don't have a say I got in this. nothing. You don't I got have nothing. a horse in this race, you vanilla motherfucker. Just because you have no cultural identity, you gotta drag down the rest of us? I don't. Long live Ska. Uh, do you have any other? Great, now Ska's is cultural identity. Maybe it, maybe it is. I could wear shorts. Is that a Ska thing? I feel like it's a Ska thing. I feel like it's a 90s Ska thing. Wear shorts? Yeah. Billy, where did Ska originate? Google said, in, in Jamaica. like, Jamaica. Yeah. It's hot there, They honey. definitely wear shorts. No one's worn shorts since the 90s, apparently. <laughs> Well, our, we don't have great legs. General feelings. 
One, did we really need the full song from that fucking words are stuck in my throat woman again? <laughs> I laughed at it. There's there's something about the treatment of her voice as just an old 60s record that I really enjoy. And it adds to the musical melange of the episode. With the full song? I we know ha- it's just the chorus. We don't need the full thing. Secondly, is the waitress at the tiki bar the same one from the bloody steak? I didn't make a note of the waitress. I was too busy. She's got the same braids and the same face, but that could could just be laziness on the animators' parts. The the, the bloody steak went under very hard times during the famine recently. We don't know if it hasn't been shuttered. It got totally trashed. It was like chewed down. Then maybe it's maybe she needed a new job. Third, Crystal Cove confirmed has at least three ambulances. (laughs) <laughs> we saw them all in the same shot. I know we argued about this in one of the earlier episodes. The listeners had been waiting for an explanation over how many ambulances this town had. And it's at least three. Because all the skankers are taken to the hospital. <laughs> the more I think about it, I am very much on board with that Tiki singer being showcased. Because, you know, you have her, you have the Hex Girls... Have we had any other, like, music-based acts in Mystery Incorporated? Or are we just bringing, like, all of Mystery Incorporated's music together? She's who should have come back. Instead of Shaggy and Scooby picking up guitars? You know, you have this, like, whole big band battle, the bana 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 bana. She comes up with, the words <laughs> get stuck in my throat. No, and then look. Cutting between the two. The band battle needed to hit a power chord. What? That's a chord. That's a note. The power was in her throat all along. It is a note. That's how it got stuck there. A chord is a string. Not saying it had to be a guitar. Could have brought out a harp. How do you you speak, Amelia? What part of the body allows the voice to function? The vocal cords. No, it's not what a power chord is. Check, mate, and ska. I will make you listen to so much fucking ska after this. You will beg me to stop. (laughs) Listeners, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us both on Twitter. I am at TheBillySeaguire. Amelia is Fatal Amelia. And you can find us both at Scooby underscore Dews. You can stream all our old stuff on YouTube, Tumblr, and our WordPress all under Scooby Dews or Scooby Don'ts. I have my own YouTube page at Fatal Amelia where I'm doing spooky stuff. Billy does some shit. Who cares? You're dead right, mate. <laughs> Coming up next, the devouring, which is what we kind of just saw with the horrible herd. That sounds. That sounds like. Not good for our little town. Because <laughs> if we already saw like a herd causing a famine, this is going to be like one big thing. Let's see what that one big thing is. Your startling analysis. I don't know. We'll see. On that note. Is this episode a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby... Is this episode a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? This is a Scooby-Doo. It's a damn fine Scooby-Doo. And fuck it, let's go absolutely. Because sometimes those original songs in Scooby-Doo are just so good. I don't think I'm going to go full absolutely. It is a strong Scooby-Doo. I am of the belief that this far into season two, we need to be focusing on the planet spheric disc. We've got like eight episodes left. But instead... But instead... Ska! 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 Ska!
<laughs> and on that note. That's it from Scooby Dooby Us. To Scooby Dooby You. And then we're just going to insert the super cut of us saying ska here, right? Oh my god, do not pull an Andy and demand a super cut. <laughs>